Welcome to the Mothers You Know podcast. Thank you for being here. This is a place where we as women remember the spirit God gave us. We know how much we matter and we believe all things are possible to them that believe on this Savior Jesus Christ. Here at Mothers You Know, we support the parents of young men in the Sons of Healman and young women in the Daughters of Light programs at Life Changing Services. These programs provide therapeutic and mentoring services for youth struggling with depression, anxiety, self-harm, pornography, and any other unwanted or difficult behaviors. We offer parent support, training, and resources for mothers and fathers seeking the best way to support their loved one. Any mother is welcome to join in the Mothers Who Know classes support and training. You do not need to have a child in life-changing services to join in. We hope you'll join us. I am Karen Broadhead. I serve as the director of Mothers You Know, and I serve as the parent support specialist at life-changing services. I invite you to join with me and other mothers from across the country in our Warrior Mothers Who Know online support and training group. If you have a child struggling with pornography, depression, anxiety, or other difficult behaviors, you will find a safe and uplifting place to learn from other moms and learn principles and strategies to best support your loved one. Please go to motherswhoknow.org to find the online meeting details. We talk about difficult things here with the intent to shine light in dark corners and to eliminate isolation and shame. We are mothers with warrior hearts who are raising the warriors of this generation. We know we must learn to fight well for ourselves first, then we can confidently support and cheer on our loved ones in the best ways. Okay, welcome. We are so grateful to be here. I'm here today with Susie and Markel for our number two in a series of two mental health discussion that we're having. It was so interesting to me last week. I don't know why I had this impression, but my impression was I would expect we'll just get on and we'll all share from a mother point of view with some of our backstory, why mental health is important. And then we'll go to discussing how we feel having more regular, normalized conversations and appointments that are highlighting the mental health of our children might be a great idea, how we felt about that. That's where I thought we'd go, but it was so revealing, I guess, to me. And I, now that I've thought about it for a week, I think, I don't think I should have been surprised by that. I think I should have expected that. But because I came into our discussion last week, just thinking, we're just going to go right to this place that, that mothers, you know, feels kind of strongly to promote because for one reason, the director of life-changing services, Maurice Harker has been feeling so inspired about it. And as he and I have had several discussions about it, I've realized that would be healthy to just learn how to talk about mental health more openly and make it a more normalized conversation with our families, that mental health is just as important as physical health. And that that's a super normal thing to consider. So one of the things that I've been pondering on this week that I noticed from our last recording was just 
the realization that I hope you caught, and it was that when we talked to Markel and, and Laura was able to be here last time, I don't think she'll make it today, and we regret that she won't be here, but really appreciate her participation in our last episode in this series with these awesome sisters, and also myself. I think I just noticed we all have quite a lot of experience with noticing the need for mental health support, like personal experience. And it's not because we're crazy ladies. It's because we're human. That's what it made me think. We're just human. We're just having a life. And each one of us had quite a thorough experience of needing mental health support in our lives. We all noticed that. And that's pretty significant. So that's something I've thought of since our last episode. So Markel, what's something you've noticed or thought of this week from our last episode about mental health? Well, I was reflecting on my physical response in being vulnerable. Yeah. And that is very, you know, you have a whole flood of, okay, how am I going to be judged? Should I even say anything about this or should I not? And I have done a lot of work. I've had a lot of therapy and I've really tried to implement the tools I have learned and notice my emotions and feelings. And sometimes when we talk about our stories, there's something called a vulnerability hangover. And normally I would have had a huge vulnerability hangover and I was excited that the work that I have done, that that did not happen. Although I had all the body sensations of being very, very vulnerable in the moment of getting really hot. I think my face was about as red as a red balloon and (laughs) I just felt tense and I just didn't want to say anything. I kind of wanted to just go crawl under a rug (laughs) and run away. (laughs) I wanted to say, okay, I don't know if I can talk about that. So it is hard to talk about these things. And I do think it's important for us to share our stories, to know that we're not alone. And yeah, we are human. And, you know, we are influenced by difficult things in in life. You know, whether it be betrayal trauma or whether it be maybe you've been caught in some big storm or had a natural disaster, those can be very traumatic as well. Mm-hmm. and getting the help that we need to help us to work through those things is very important. And knowing that we don't have to feel like we're alone. Really right now, even I probably more so than when I started on my journey with recovery, there's a lot of help out there and it's talked about a lot more and science and research, and they are just finding so many amazing tools to help And so rather than us continuing with the path of being shamed or shaming, shameful about needing these things, embrace that you have those things available, they're acknowledged, and just think of how you would like your life to be. Mm. And knowing that you have tools to help you to improve your life and have more joy and happiness and be able to progress rather than be stuck all the time. 
which I call it the noise in your head, whatever that might be, it is very freeing. It's like being freed from a bondage that's holding you back and it feels good and it is work and it's worth the work and the investment. It's a good investment. Yeah, so good. Markel, I'm going to come back and ask you this question. So we'll give you a minute to think about it, but just your investment and the work you've done, how has it affected other aspects of your life or your children or family? Would just like to know that. And then Susie, what did you notice this week since our last episode that we recorded? What some thoughts you've had, or maybe some things you noticed from considering our last episode that we did together? Well, the biggest thing that stuck out to me was the idea of how Laura handled taking her kids for the mental health checkup. She mentioned that Maurice offered the free mental health checkups and she just jumped on it and signed up her girls. And when one of them asked about it, she just said, well, baby, I just signed you up for a mental health checkup. It's just like a dental checkup or like a doctor's checkup. We're going to get our mental health checkup. And that was something that in my own life has plagued me. I've been wanting to get my kids. Well, one of them's already in a program. So she's good. We just started that this week. My oldest child for the learn lesson learner listeners my oldest child is at the OCD and anxiety treatment center in South Jordan and she's in it like intensive outpatient we're there three hours Monday through Friday so she's getting help for her obsessive compulsive disorder it's amazing just what I've seen so far but the younger two it would be really good to have them you know assess because they're seems to be some depression, possibly some anxiety, and it'd be good to get them in for a check, a checkup. We'll, we will call it that, but yeah. And I have been guilty of being, I'm not sure what you'd call it, I guess, I'll just say afraid of their responses. And that stems from some of my own mental health issues. You know, mm-hmm. you got this six foot four kid and you go up and say, you know, you have to, it's time for you to go do such and such. And they're like, oh, God, I don't want to for Maybe he does it, but, and I don't, I don't want to deal with the response. You know, I don't want to deal with the, the backlash. And so sometimes I don't do things that maybe could be done. But I mean, the important stuff gets done. I'm a good mom. Sure. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that, but I am a good mom, you know. Yes, you are. But there's some things that I put off because, I don't want to deal with the backlash and the young one, the, I have three children, my, my youngest girl, she's a firecracker. We call her our little fireball and she's the short one. She's five, five. I mean, we've got six foot five, four people and six foot three is my husband and Esther and I are five, 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 eight. I mean, and then she's at five, five, but she makes up for it. And, you know energy and attitude and always has and Mm -hmm. you go up to her and tell her would you please make your appointment with your pwt she doesn't go to turn well she 
was going to Eternal Warriors, but she announced that she wasn't going to go to that anymore, but she'd still see her PWT. And I, I went along with that because she wasn't, I don't think she's ever watched one Eternal Warrior video, you know, and I haven't enforced that because backlash, you know, it's like, well, it's not important enough for me for her to do that. So to wrap this up, I really liked what Laura did. She just said, I made you an appointment, you're going. End of story, you know, and I'm like, that's a trying to, kind of mothering I'm trying to move into I'm actually working on that and I love that response and so to some of you mothers out there who struggle with some of what I struggle with with just kind of like I don't want to stir the pot unless I absolutely have to make the appointment and just say here's your appointment this is what time you're going be ready and give it a try I mean once we're done with all the other appointments, I may try. Yeah, that was an amazing example to just hear how she did that. I think that helped all of us to just think, well, that's what that could sound like. That's pretty cool. Thanks for bringing that up, Susie. I'm glad you did. All right, will you also be considering Susie? Cause you also mentioned in our last episode that yeah, it is work. And if you're going to get some mental health support and you notice that you need it, it does take some work. You got to put your work into it. Would you just also be willing to be thinking about how has your work, your willingness to consistently be looking for the support that you need that will help you to have the kind of mental health experience that you're capable of, that you want, like how has that blessed other parts of your life or your family? So I'm going to go to Markel and let you answer that very same question, Markel. Well, I want to be a good mom and a good wife and a good friend. And I, you know, there, there were things that I was like, okay, maybe I'm not doing so great in these areas. And then just having everything kind of come crashing down in my marriage, I, I just felt like I was a mess and I didn't know how to deal with all that was going on. I didn't know how to interact with my husband to help things get better. And, you know, I, I think I've done pretty well maintaining, you know, good, good relationships with my kids. And so what I've noticed is that as I have worked on myself, I have been able to work on a lot of things with relationships. And so I definitely think I'm a better mom now. And it definitely has been key and important for our marriage to heal and our relationship to be doing pretty well. And of course, there's still things that we're working on. You know, it's always, we're all progressing, but I definitely can feel, you know, that I can say that I have joy and happiness more now than sadness. I was stuck in sadness for a long time. And, mm. and so it's, it's a good place to be in. And, and I feel because I have made those improvements and it's also helped me with my self-worth and my confidence, I can be a better friend 
and, you know, family member by being a good listener and not judge, but instead love and, you know, seek with love and understanding. And it, it has made a big difference all the way around. So it's, it has been life-changing for myself and for my family. It, it's funny because our two college girls are home for the summer. <laughs> and it's fun to hear them note the changes. They're like, you didn't do that before. Or, you know, even interactions with my husband and I, wow. You know, I don't think I ever saw that before. And my one daughter said, yeah, my jaw dropped. I couldn't believe it because it was such a good improvement. So, you know, that's also good when people go away and then come back and they see improvements. You know, that's a good indicator of that. Okay. Your work is noticeable in a beneficial way. Excellent. That is rewarding. Thanks, Markel. You're welcome. All right, Susie, my friend, what comes to your mind when you consider how has my work and willingness to address my own mental health affected other people in other areas of my life that I care about? Well, for so many years, I've been in and out of therapy ever since I was 19 and I'm 51. I have no problem stating my age (laughs) took me lots of living to get to this point so and at the beginning I felt like I just was the receive recipient of love and help and I always wanted to be a giver and I never I never understood back then that when you allow others to see yourself to see you in a vulnerable position and allow them to be your angel that you're helping them to grow nearer to God because his work and glory is to bring to pass the immortality and eternal life of his children. And when they're doing that angelic work of helping you to process such horrible pain, like I would go to therapy and then I would come back to my apartment and the roommates I had at the time would just be there. You know, I would just... the therapists I had back then it chronic PTSD wasn't even a thing back in the 90s they didn't have that it was just PTSD and I come back and I'd just be so worn out and they'd be like how'd it go and I'd just be like this horrible and they would just send you out the door you know and they wouldn't put you back together you know I was on a college campus and they just had so many people because when you're in your 20s that's when people figure out that stuff happened to them when they, when you're a kid and you get away from it. And so they'd listen to me, you know, and I, I just cry or, or vent or whatever. And I had a couple of roommates that were sisters and one of them would say really short. She'd say, when we get to heaven, you hold him and I'll punch. But it was neat to have people that loved me so much that they, wanted to protect me like that I'd never had that before you know and so the first part of my journey was having people that cared about me enough that they wanted to protect me and then also looking back years later seeing that when you're vulnerable and you're letting people listen to you and help you in whatever way they can and letting them be your atmosphere angel that 
you're helping them grow nearer to God and do his work. So that's the first part of it. I mean, I was doing my work. I was working my tail off. My goal was to get well before I had a husband and children. And this was after my first marriage had failed. I didn't do a whole lot of work before my first marriage. I didn't have a chance to, I was too young. That was the first time that I really had therapy. And then I graduated from college and I just jumped from, I didn't really have any jobs that really offered true therapy. So I did work what I, when I could through the employee assistance programs, but they would just give you 12 appointments. And I did have this one lady at this one job that had employee assistance program. And she would just, she would see me right for 12 weeks. And then she'd write me up a new program and say, okay, come see me for 12 more weeks. And that was kind of my band-aid that got me through until I finally met and married my husband. And then when I, I might've mentioned this last time, when I had my third children, yeah, I remember this. I mentioned I had two hands and three kids and I got into therapy. And that's when I really started doing some really hard work. It was interesting though, because in college, I really worked through the sexual abuse that had happened to me. But it was interesting. Once I got married, I started working through what my dad had done to me and mistreating me as a child. As he was like, you, as a child, you're a waste of space, was kind of the idea that he presented to me. Children are a waste of resources. They're a waste of space. They use up food. They use up money for clothing. They're just no good. I mean, they don't contribute anything. I mean, it's kind of like the, you watch the movie Matilda with uh, Danny DeVito and Pam Tillis and Rita, whatever her name is. Yeah. They do a really good job of showing parents don't want a kid. They really do. I mean, it's a little exaggerated, but they mm -hmm. treat Matilda like some parents. And I watched that show for the first time and it was painful for me until Matilda started defending herself. And then I was like, Oh, oh. <laughs> um, so when I started working through these ideas that children are not a waste of space, because mine weren't, mine were precious to me. I had these beautiful, I mean, just gorgeous little kids. I had these kids that I was told when I had children by other mothers that don't expect people to stop in the store and goo and go over your children because you're in Utah and everybody has them, right? <laughs> people would stop with, with my first daughter and say, her face is like the face of a China doll. She's so beautiful. And I'd be like, oh, okay, thanks, you know? And then my son, oh, my son with his shock of brown hair at nine months and these dark eyelashes and these deep blue eyes and his little cleft chin and his little pout. Mm -hmm. He was a heartbreaker. And he would sit there and flirt with the girls while I was picking produce. <laughs> people would come up to me and say, your little boy is such a doll. And I'd look at him. He'd just give me this look like I'm not doing anything. You know? mm -hmm. And then my Lizzie was just like, oh, 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 anybody that would talk, you know, and they're like, oh, what a darling little girl. And I'm like, she's going to be a lawyer someday. You know? <laughs> Okay. So anyway, my kids are precious. My kids were like 
these are Heavenly Father's precious children. And the way I was raising them was like, these are people. If they take a remote control and they're not supposed to have it, I'm going to grab one of their toys, go over them and say, hey, you found the remote. Thank you. Thank you so much. Here, here's your toy and trade. I'm not going to go snatch it from them and say, no, you can't have that. Because they're children of Heavenly Father. Because I wanted to do the opposite. Because they're children of our Heavenly Father and they should be treated like people, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's how I've tried to raise my children, like people, not like wastes of space, not like irritants, like irritants. Like, mm-hmm. oh, you're coming up and talking to me. Why are you doing that? But like, oh, hello, it's nice to see you. What do you need? Yeah. That's how I've tried to raise my children. And they're my husband's children too, but I'm their mom. So I'm, and it was such a rewarding experience to me when we made out the crisis. Like if my child is in crisis in this new program that she's in, my oldest, she's an adult. So she gets to be there by herself and I can go read a book or whatever. Okay. So who do you want for first person on your crisis management list? Well, my mom, of course. She's the parent I'm closest to. I was like, oh, okay. She's the one I would want first. And I was mind blown. I mean, it shouldn't have been, but. And the therapist and several other people have remarked lately that they're just so impressed with how close we are. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why you would be impressed. You're a therapist. You see lots of mothers and daughters. Why would you be impressed? You know? That's yeah. just the way I think. But anyway, the other part I wanted to say, because I don't want to say too much, is that I've always wanted to be on the other side. I've always wanted to be the one who helps others. And lately, I've been getting that chance. I'm having that chance right now. And I've had a few opportunities in the team mom power group, especially, where I've had people say, Well, I had a a mastermind question recently, you'll remember. And I asked, what is it that you love about me? Because I was going to go do something hard and I needed support. And so I said, what is it that you love about our relationship? I want each one of you to answer that. And I got things like, well, it feels like you've been through stuff already. And so when we ask a mastermind question, you've already been through that thing and you have ideas on how to get through it. Or you're such a great listener, or you're so fun to do things with. I came out here to Utah and <laughs> you got out your Segway and let me ride on it. It was so much fun and you're just fun to be with and you're, you can be silly with me. And I mean, I just got a, a, a range of fun things and you know the Savior and I feel like you really have a good relationship with him and it's a good example to me I feel like because you've been through so many things and then a certain special person to me said oh I'm gonna grab my book and see if I can find it really quick because I haven't memorized the phrase part of it is walking miracle but if you've got just a minute I want to quote this person because it just means so much to me how she said it ah super powerful angelic walking miracle Unique in your generous thinking, very amazing. You show up as you are, where the Lord needs you. He supplies the grace. That meant 
so much to me when this wonderful, loving individual shared that with me because that is the person I, that is the person I want to be. And when she said that, I was like, really? You know, and I still have my days. This last week, I kind of not been an atmosphere angel. I've been a grouch because I've not been dealing with my grief. And I finally realized at the, at the center, I learned, and here's a little nugget for you guys here, here, you don't have to go through this for yourself to learn this. I'm going to give you a nugget of truth. So pain is inevitable. You will have pain in your life. There is nothing you can do about it. Suffering is optional, but here is the equation that I learned and you can apply this equation and now you will learn how you can avoid the suffering you'll still have the pain. So pain plus avoidance equals suffering. So if you will go through your pain and work through your pain, you can lessen and maybe even avoid that suffering. And I'll leave you with that. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. I love that you pointed out what power there is in supporting each other with the mental health challenges of mortality. Like it's huge when we can care for each other, tell each other that we believe in each other, that we're still acceptable, that our messes don't define who we are, that the things that have happened to us in the past, they don't define us, but boy, have they refined us to the point of angelic people because we've been able to, be inspired and do work. And then it you go on to inspire other people who actually get to stand and witness that that is true, that you have done that work and it's affecting my life. So thank you so much. Like it really does help when we share our stories. Like you said, Markel, just because it helps us to heal. I think one of the most painful things that moms in my experience have experienced and all of us the same story it's very very common as i've worked for over a decade in this mothers who know arena just talking to lots of moms we're experiencing levels of trauma because what we expected to happen is not happening what we hoped would be the case is not the case the timing of what we're waiting for is really testing our endurance. The way that I'm identifying who I am as a mother has been so affected because of the mental health of my children, because I'm noticing how my mental health is being affected because of these things going on. But one thing that we all have in common is that it is so difficult for us to connect in our pain. I think we are meant to do that because we actually have healing qualities and nurturing capacities that are meant for healing people in their pain. But when we have pain and there, it might cause some embarrassment because we don't want anybody to know that we're in pain <laughs> or that we've got a big mess at our house. We believe that lie of the adversary that we're the only one with the big old mess. And everybody else is doing just great over there. And that's what's so healing is that truth that 
when I connect, when women share their pain and share their challenges, and often any challenge in mortality will be connected to some issues with mental health. It affects our mental health to have really stretchy challenges in mortality. It does. Yeah. What's coming to your mind, Markel? Yes. And, you know, I think I'd finally gotten to the point where I didn't know what to do and I couldn't handle what was going on on my own. Nothing was helping. I mean, I had tried so many things and tried to do it for so long on my own to the point that, you know, it did affect (laughs) my mind and I did feel like I was going crazy and I just was taking a lot of hits from a lot of different areas as well. And it seemed like anytime I was reaching out, people would offer me suggestions and what I should be doing or why don't you try this? And usually when you're to that point, you have tried everything that you could think of. And most of those things are things people that are what they would recommend. And so having a support group was really helpful to know that I wasn't alone. There are other people going through things like that. They weren't going to judge me or tell me what I should be doing. You know, it was a space created for us to share our stories and difficulties and get some guidance and then learn some tools on how we can help ourselves. Because really, it all comes down to, you know, we can only control ourselves. We can't control the environment around us or the weather or mm-hmm. people. And so we have to, you know, that, that was a huge part of learning what was I feeling. And then rather than reacting, learning what my response is, how I'm going to act, how I can recenter myself, reground myself. And yeah, we can do those on our own. I was doing a lot of things on my own. It's just that, you know, it put things together so that it made sense. And it gave me strategies and plans on how to interpret what's going on with myself, as well as other people. And then what am I going to do about me and my response and how to get my mind clear and back to a zero and feeling the spirit and, and it takes practice and a lot of trial and error. Okay. That didn't go so great. Okay. Let me try this again. Now, what am I going to do to course correct? Let me try this. And so, you know, not, not giving up and there are going to be times that are better than others. You know, we all progress and then there, you know, sometimes people might slip back and we just, you know, not doing quite as great. Okay. Let's try again. What can we do? differently to keep moving forward. And, you know, for me, anchoring to God, anchoring to Christ was so important. Uh, you know, as the, it seemed like everything around me, it was just a big storm that gave me hope that, okay, it's going to be all right. Just keep hanging on and turning to God in all things. And I still do that today because I know that I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. And that's one of my favorite scriptures that I would replay in my head over and over and over Mm -hmm. to help me to keep that focus and that hope to keep working and keep trying. 
Yes. And that I'm not alone. I guess that's the whole thing because Satan wants us to think we're alone. And so yeah. even if I did feel alone, I wasn't alone because I knew I had Christ there with me all along the way. So good. So good. In the few minutes that we have left, Susie, would you just share some of the things that you have found outside of just a one-on-one -on -one therapist that how valuable a team has been in your healing with mental health and that kind of stuff. How has that affected you to connect with other women? I don't have sisters. I don't have any biological sisters. I have a few friends that I've collected along the way that I call sisters, but they've all moved away except for one. She lives in Springville. So when I found Team Mom Power, you told me, you said, I have just the group for you. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember going and I remember being like, mm, I don't know. And I think I even asked the group, I'm like, do I fit in here? And some of them were like, well, you're welcome to try other groups. And that kind of hurt my feelings but a lot of them were like well try us out you know give us a chance give us a few weeks you don't have to stay with us but stick mm -hmm. around you might like us and one of them said are you it wasn't like are you crazy but it was something along the lines she was like I like you you're fun and in <laughs> fact if you switch groups I'm following you and that made all the difference for me that she just connected with me just on the spot like that. And so I, I kept going and I got to the point where I could tell Karen, and this just made her elated. She told me later on, I found my people. I found my tribe. I found a group of women who, I mean, Karen is just like-minded to the point that I don't even know what it means anymore, but really, truly, even though some of them, their kids are all grown, and some of them, they have kids that are still in elementary school. It's perfect. It is because I can be a mentor to the one that has kids in elementary school, although she has a grown kid. <laughs> and I've got a friend that's got kids, that a kid that's, you know, eight, and then one that she's sending off to college. And I would be sending one off to college, but her OCD is too bad. So we'll try, well, we're shooting for, we're shooting for winter semester. <laughs> she yeah. can fill out a college application. Ah, yeah. And then we have one, she's not actively participating, but she's still in the group chat, love her to death. And she's got grown kids and one's married and she just became a grandma. And that's so fun to have her in the chat and we've got Karen who's got grown kids and she's a mentor for me and I mean it's just people from all walks of life and it's just really neat because there's one piece or one at least one point of contact where I connect with every single one of those women and we've even had a meet and greet with people who've been in Utah and one of them who was out of state was in state to meet with her family. Anyway, she came out to one of the meet and greets and I was so fun. 
and the other one from another state was there too. So that was fun. <laughs> and we just got to have food and, and Maurice came out to the second one and another guy, I think his name was Ben. And uh, this is awesome, you know, and getting to know people and face to face and Mm -hmm. oh, you know I'll tell you what team mom power has I think saved my mental health for COVID because I wasn't getting out and hanging out with my friends I quit doing that during COVID I kind of isolated myself but I knew every week every she, I am this is not a paid advertisement she did not ask me to do this I did not know I was going to get this question. I just all of a sudden realized, ah, I sound like I've been asked to give an advertisement. I promise. <laughs> I promise Karen did not ask me ahead of time. But I have to tell you, I love Team Mom Power. I love it enough that I actually, I have some mad money that's mine that I'm supposed to spend on myself. I love it enough that some of that goes to sponsor you if you don't have enough money to sign up for team mom power there's a couple slots where you can go get a scholarship i don't know if they're already taken or not but try it i mean i love it it's gotten me through covid i know once a week i'm going to see faces of people that i love who love me and i know i can go in there and say anything and i mean it didn't happen overnight it probably took a month maybe two but I've been going since sometime like March last year, I think. No, February, March. I don't remember when, but I started going. I signed up after lesson five because I was like, I need this. Mm -hmm. I know I need this because I'm an introvert and I like small groups. And I can't say enough about Team Mom Power just because I need those ladies. I just, I can't not have it now that I've had it it's like chocolate <laughs> that's an hour I'm not eating chocolate <laughs> and it doesn't give me any calories oh, so good <laughs> it just gives me Christ-centered yep. love it's perfect you know okay so yep. so it's yeah. also physically healthier for you to just go to team mom and Karen and eat chocolate yeah <laughs> So good. Oh, thank you. You know what? I have such a strong, passionate testimony that is just runs so deep that I know it's part of Heavenly Father's plan for us to care for ourselves in so many ways by connecting. But the miracles that happen when we connect, when we have friends that support us and also friends who are like-minded and centered in Christ and trying to find him in their journey and know how to share that testimony and that love for the savior and how they're finding him. It's just amazing how that healing power of Jesus Christ and his gospel, along with just us trying to bump along the very best we can in our mortal journey, but having somewhere to connect, to put into perspective and reframe what we're going through. I hope that this episode 
of our mental health series has brought that out to you ladies that the work you do for you personally matters. It affects you first and foremost. And if you're going to be available to support God in the work that he's doing in your family with you and with your children and spouse, then it's almost a requirement for us to make ourselves available in the spirit. And oftentimes if we aren't addressing our mental health concerns, it's really hard for us to feel the spirit. It's really hard for us to be led, really hard for us to be available to support God's work. So I hope that you heard that first and foremost, you matter. And that there is so much healing through Christ. And a lot of times we find that healing and start to trust it because we're connected to women who are figuring out how to do that with us. It's pretty powerful. So yeah, so our next episode, we are gonna talk like, so is it okay for you to share all your mental health concerns that you've had with your kids? We're gonna say, so what about kids and getting them mental health support and just making it a normalized thing? How would we do that? How would we go about that? And you know, how would we know who to pick? to be our mental health specialist in our family. Just some discussion on what would that look like if we were doing, just kind of leaning into, rather than get all, you know, needing mental health support and just avoiding it because it's uncomfortable, it's hard to bring up. We don't want to make anybody feel awkward or we, yeah, maybe our own limiting beliefs, but if we can just address it like Laura did, Hello, I just think we're going to have a dental appointment and a mental health check-in. Got you scheduled. Susie, you had a final thought. Yeah, I just wanted to also add that my participation in Mothers Who who Know the Team Mom Power, I've been teaching my children bit by bit the things that I've been learning. And this week, this past weekend and beginning of the week, I've been, I was a little off because I lost a family member and I hadn't been dealing with my grief. And my oldest child was actually being an atmosphere angel and repeating back to me some of the things that I've said to her when she's been off. So your family members do tend to absorb some of the things that you learn mm-hmm. in your team. And it's really awesome when they, they give it back to you and they end up being your atmosphere angel. So that's pretty cool. Incredible. That's a miracle. And a message in a mess for sure. Yeah. Thank you, ladies. Thanks everybody for listening. Appreciate your being with us. Thank you for being with us today, Warrior Moms. I invite you to make a donation at the top of our website, mothersyouknow.org. Any amount you can afford today will help us keep Mothers Who Know services free for all moms. Thank you so much for your generosity. Moms, remember your divine identity and great worth. Continue in your courageous efforts to support God's great work. Notice the miracles you see every day, the evidence of the Savior's love and mercy. Find the message in your message. Reach out and share the principles you learn in Mothers You Know with other mothers. You are God's secret weapon for good in this world. 
Finally, a few pieces of information for you. I recommend a few other podcast channels to listen to. Like Dragons Did They Fight podcast, that includes interviews and stories with those that have struggled and overcome something in their life. And the Eternal Warriors podcast, hosted by two YSA age young men who share their story, teach valuable lessons, and interview special guests. You can follow us on our social media pages on Facebook under MothersWhoKnow.lcs or search for Mothers Who Know, and on Instagram, username at Mothers underscore who know. Last, if you would like additional support and training, please go to mompowertraining.com to sign up for the next eight-week mom power training class for all moms. You can also go to the Mothers Who Know website at motherswhoknow.org or our parent company, Life Changing Services at lifechangingservices.org to learn more about our excellent services to support you and your loved ones. Thank you so much for listening today. Please feel free to email me anytime with questions or to set up a complimentary 30-minute appointment to visit. Please email me at motherswhoknow at lifechangingservices.org. Looking forward to hearing from you amazing moms. See you next time.